marveling at a distant treasure. Oftentimes we find ourselves negligent of that which we value the most, as if what's worth having isn't worth treasuring. And in the midst of our ungratefulness, we tend to miss the very essence of happiness in itself, or perhaps its potential. And in the light of it all, sometimes we fall and find ourselves far from what we should be. And that which we once possess finds itself in the care of another. And all we can do is stare, stare at its owner with a disdainful glare and wonder what happened. Well, it's clear. You know, they say one man's trash is another man's treasure, whereas one man's pleasure is another man's pain. And I guess it all measures up to the same thing. Treasure what you have before what you treasure is treasured. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you Check this out man Spoken Soul Sessions Oh my god This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls Bold stances and lewd advances got us here You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black We'll start from scratch possibilities. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here today. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope your day is going great. I hope you're on the mission to achieve all your goals. I hope life is beautiful for you. I hope you're a blessing for those who are around you. And I hope those around you are a blessing for you. It's a beautiful day today. I mean, I have a very special guest in the studio today. So you guys know I get happy when I get these special guests. Get down and get into the mind of some of these phenomenal poets across this great landscape we have. Today, we'll be interviewing the beautiful, lovely, the poet Rose Gold. Jennifer K. Yancey, AKA the poet Rose Gold hails from the real Gotham City, the Bronx, New York. Native starting, right, she started writing at the age of 15 as a more creative way of communicating to the world. She joined the U.S. Army eight years later at the age of 23. Later having serving as a journalist, understood the power of the written word. Rose Gold retired 20 years, eight assignments, and three deployments later in 2015. Rose Gold moved to Colorado Springs shortly afterward, discovering a large spoken word community that soon rekindled her relationship with the pen and helped her realize the power of her own voice. She jokingly refers to her work as the incendiary Redbone poetry, highlighting the injustices tarnishing the American landscape, spirituality, love, sex, toxic relationships, mental health in the past life and her past life in the military. Her platform serves as a voice for those don't feel they have a voice 
those who feel their voices aren't strong enough, as well as those who are afraid to speak up and speak out. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Session Studio, the lovely, beautiful Miss Poet Rose Gold. Hey, Queen. What's happening, America? What's What's good? What's good? What's good, my sister, man? It's so It's so beautiful to have you in the studio today. And uh, what's going on, my sister? How are you today? I am magnificent today. Just like I tell everybody, you know, it, it, when you're above ground, any day above ground is a good day. That's right. That's right. Now... This sister right here, man. I mean, I, I I found you. I say I discovered you on you on um Instagram. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of the live shows that's going on now on Instagram, which I love the culture. I love the fact that the spoken word is spreading so rampantly in you know what I'm saying on Instagram and social media. But I, I stumbled upon you on um I believe it was the William Washington show. Or one of the shows, yeah, you one on poetry. I believe it was that show I caught you, I caught your interview on. And I was definitely amazed, Queen. Definitely amazed, man. Your your words have a certain sincerity to them that that delivers a certain type of calm to the to the reader and the listener. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like your words are very sincere and your your words are very, you know, they're very strong strong words that propels us to think you know that really propels us to think now i asked i asked the question to all my guests when they come on the show it's just one question i ask and uh that one question is miss rose gold why poetry why spoken word well first of all thank you so much for opening this space to me and and welcoming me to this platform you could have Ask anybody else, you could have said no. You could have just been like, okay, move along, sister. I, I could I could interview somebody else. So thank you again for, for sharing your time and your space with me. I, pre- I greatly appreciate that. Most definitely. So why poetry? I, quote unquote, discovered poetry at age 15. I was a sophomore in high school. And I was listening to the works of, of Langston Hughes. Or I should say I stumbled upon it because it wasn't in school. They might have mentioned it briefly if, if they were talking about the Harlem Renaissance, which might have been about two paragraphs and then moved on to the next slide. Mm-hmm. So, and I read, I happened upon some works from Nikki Giovanni and Sonia Sanchez and Claude McKay and Audre Lorde. And I said, my God, what, what kind of, what kind of language is this? This is different. It reads mm-hmm. different. It speaks different. And it spoke to me. And I couldn't get enough of it. I started reading it. I would get more and more of it to get better acquainted with it. And I thought to myself, even back then, why isn't this taught in school? Mm. I couldn't understand that. And I've, I'll tell you what I've said to a lot of people, that poetry is my ministry. Spoken word is my ministry. Mm. That's my calling. And to me, you know how they talk about, you know, those books, with the five love languages, mm-hmm. you know, physical touch, uh, words of affirmation, uh, quality time, gifts and words of affirmation. Um, You know, to me, poetry is another love language. Mm. It's a romance language. They taught us in school that Spanish, French and Italian were romance languages. Well, poetry is another romance language. It speaks to you in a way no one or nothing else does. Definitely. I love the way you put that together, man. I really love the way you put that together, the way you described that. I mean, definitely, like, we all have that same that same love, that same yearning, because some of the names that you named were very instrumental in my journey as a poet. You know, Claude McKay, uh, James Weldon Johnson, Langston Hughes, W.E.B. Du Bois. So, like, these, these brothers... And these sisters, like uh, you had, uh, what's the sister, uh, the sister name? Uh, uh, I forget her name. I forget her name. Uh, but she was a part of the um, Harlem Renaissance also. I forget her name escapes me right now at the minute. But 
all these brothers and sisters that contributed to this this new perception or this new image of us black Americans of us because if you remember back in those days they tried their best to depict black people in a certain image we were either hobos we were whoremongers you know what I'm saying rapists drunkards you know what I mean these are the type of images that they would try to associate with us that's when that first movie came out the birth of a nation that movie came out and it was trying to do just that that movie was actually played in the White House. The White House. They played Major that, Wilson, yeah. And, yep. And, yep, in the White House. So this was the image it was trying to cast on all of us. And these strong brothers and sisters, they came and they uh they tried to change that image of us. Like I wrote a poem, a tribute poem to those brothers, the Harlem Renaissance, all of the Harlem Renaissance and their contribution to this thing that we love called spoken word. So yeah, mm-hmm. those are definitely some of my big influences also, my sister. You know, like your poetry is reminiscent. You you mentioned Nikki Giovanni. You kind of remind me of Nikki Giovanni. I don't know if you ever got that before, because oh, wow. you got because you do. You kind of remind me of her, and you kind of look like her. She's just an older version, but you know I me. Mean? I got the same kind of mannerism that that calm. Like if you ever mm-hmm. see Nikki G- Giovanni when you see her perform, she got a certain calm to her. It's a certain calm to her words, mm-hmm. but. They they're on point and they and they and they hit, but there's a certain calm to it, man. You remind me a lot of her, man. That's deep. So you said that's, you got that's a high compliment. I'm 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 honored by that. I appreciate that. Most definite, my sister. Most definite. Now you got into poetry, young, and then all these other artists influenced you and everything. Like the 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 fact that you served in the military. Tell us a little bit about that and how did that affect your poetry. Where, where do I start? Um, where that's that, that's 20 years of history mm. to try and recall. Like you said, when you read my bio, I retired in 2015. So I've been a, a proud car carrying member of what we call the Blue ID Club ever since. Mm. So I've I've brain dumped a lot of stuff. Um, I only recently started writing about, you know, life in the military, you know, veteran life, things like that. I know a long time ago, I don't know what I did with it, but a long time ago, I wrote this poem called Thank You for Your Husband's Service, Husbands in Parentheses, because even now in the 21st century, I don't know what it is about the willful ignorance of Americans that still can't seem to realize that women serve and have served in the military. Mm-hmm. Like if I drive up and you see my plate, you assume it's my husband driving that car. You know, I, I went to back when I used to be a Starbucks junkie, you know, Starbucks is overrated. Me, I don't care. <laughs> I, when I used to be a Starbucks junkie, I the poem was inspired by going into a Starbucks. It wasn't a brick and mortar Starbucks. It was one of those Starbucks inside a Safeway or something like that, a Kroger's. And I opened up my wallet. There's my blue ID. And bless her little young heart. She sees my ID card and she says, oh, was your husband in the military? Mm. Wow. I'm like, if you can, I said, um, first of all, this, this is my ID card. I served in the military. Oh, yeah, well, that's good. My, my dad served in the military as a civilian. Then he didn't serve Sir. in the military. <laughs> wow. What, what, does that even, what does that even mean? What does that mean? Mm. So that inspired that piece and just how we, and I, I had this, a very brief, like in the comments, um, conversation with another woman veteran on Instagram um, based on one of the posts come to find out we were in the same career field. She was also a journalist in the army. And I made the comment by, I never made it a point to let my femininity go. Mm. I made for damn sure. I never lost my femininity while in uniform because some women feel like they have to be like the guys. They have to, you know, shrink themselves back and, and be less feminine and, maybe out of fear that they'll think that they're weak or something like that. Mm. Some of them already think that, and there's no way of changing their minds. Mm. So, but I, I made sure to retain my femininity all 20 of those years. Mm. Definitely. So, Definitely. In out of uniform, you're still a lady. You're still a woman. That's right. And it's, 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 it's so, it's so, it's so crazy that like, you got to go through that and thank you for your service, by the way, thank you for your service. But it's crazy that you got to go through that as a as a woman, as a black woman. 
You know what I mean? You got to go, you got to go through these crazy things that you fought for this country. You know what I'm saying? And it's taken for granted. A lot of times it's taken for granted. Oh, and they, they, they just pass a, a eye over you. Like you don't matter, but you fought for the liberties of this country. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy. It's so we cr- can't even fully enjoy. Exactly. Make sure we don't enjoy. Exactly. Or even, or even acknowledge or even have the, have the opportunity to even touch. Mm. So how about that? And some people think, you know, how could you serve the white man's army? And I say that gradually over time, the scales fell up. It's not like we didn't know the problems that were in the military. The military is a direct reflection of its republic. I wrote a haiku that said that. Mm. You know, it's not like we didn't know. It just became more evident. When, for me, I'm only speaking for myself. It became more evident once I took the uniform off. Mm. So we were able to be more vocal. Mm. You know, exactly. Without, without, without repercussion, you know, consequences and you know, repercussions and all that junk. So it's not like we never knew mm. that it was there. It's a direct reflection of this republic. We, you know, we know that there are uh, white nationalists and extremists in the military. We know that we're not we're not blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and we know what's going on. Indeed. And on top of that, you know, they it's the career choice also. For for a lot of us, the military was a, was another outlet that we can use to get the goals that we needed to get accomplished. You know what I mean? So right. I don't look at, cause you got some brothers that look at that. Some sisters be like, Oh, you served in a white man's military. I don't really look at it like that. Like we've, we fought alongside of, of in every war that this country has ever partook in. We mm-hmm. fought alongside and we kept coming back being treated like a second class citizen. So right. I look at my brothers and sisters with honor. You know what I mean? I don't look at them with disdain, individuals who join the military, because I understand what it is. Understand that that's an outlet that you can use to get your career started, to get you where you need to be. You know, so I, I definitely applaud you, Queen. And, and I definitely thank you for your service. But it's just so crazy that you would have to go through that in this day and age. In this day and age, you will have to go through that, you know, and it's crazy. But definitely we want to get the audience to get acquainted with some of your spoken word, my sister. Like I want to I want is your choice, whatever you want to come. I'm let me set the stage for you. I'm going to play a a, I'm going to play a a word from my sponsor and then let you get your time to get get ready. And then I'll introduce you and we'll get into your first piece. Sounds good. Hello, this is William S. Peters, Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Interchild Press International. First, I must say we at Interchild Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific embracing and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you, his listeners and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code Spoken Soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at InnerChildPress.com. And we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are InnerChild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.InnerChildPress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to my sister and your sister, Rose Gold Poet. All right, this first piece is called Citizen Noble. I wrote it shortly after the 2020 election. It's about the disinformation campaign that's just been going on for many, many years and just the lies that have started to make my ears bleed. So here you go. Reporting live to the couches of our nation's living rooms is Citizen Noble, social media's most trusted source of hard news, 
pulled directly from the deposits of the $3,000 golden throne, recently expelled along with the most repugnant ringmaster in the biggest circus in the land. Dreaded this from the moment the clock struck 2021, because for the past four years, Citizen Noble was granted permission to express its inhumanity and try and quell the uprising that has long been known as the Browning of America. Sheik's not clenched this tightly since 2009, fear that the success of the oppressed somehow signaled democracy's demise. I can still hear the great wailing and gnashing of teeth, only paused in between conspiracy theories warning of lawlessness and anarchy in the streets. That our republic will be overrun by drugs, thugs, kingpins, and welfare queens. Sound familiar? So hide your kids, hide your wives, lock your windows, and bar your doors. But fear not. Citizen Noble aims to take this country back, employing every letter of the law. K, K, K. Because Citizen Noble no longer rules, and the rule is, Citizen Noble must never part from its power, its birthright, taken by might, through the perilous fight. Fear caused it to take flight to the keyboards, voraciously expressing disgust of being lorded over by the ungodly. Citizen Noble takes a knee, praying to its blonde, blue-eyed imposter to resurrect himself and restore order and deliver it from its plight. The audacity of dope. Citizen Noble goes viral as it spirals into the abyss of its own undoing. In plain view of global spectators recording this historic meltdown, for even it has crossed the dotted thin blue line, using the red, white, and blue as bayonets fixed and at the ready, brandishing Louisville sluggers because Citizen Noble's other favorite American pastime is mob wool. Citizen Noble doesn't recognize insurrection as a domestic violence situation when those conducting the home invasion were handed the keys. Just a little spat, a squabble played out in front of a live audience because on November 3rd, Citizen Noble was dealt the short end of the stick of their divorce settlement. So like everything else in the world, it took what it wanted from it, the reluctant in-laws, vandalized what it didn't. And as a final calling card, autographed its treason and excrement. Triggered by this blight on liberty sensibilities, Citizen Noble laments, this is not quite how this takedown was supposed to go down. Indecipherable mutterings, unwittingly blathering felonious confessions captured on smartphones and headlined on TVs and tablets. All that fluff, huff, and puff renders Citizen Noble unstable, a fact the world already knew. But if it just took a puff of this Colorado stuff, perhaps its constituents wouldn't be so uptight. Perhaps it wouldn't disintegrate like the Wicked Witch of the West when drenched in the tidal waves of its own bitter truths. That Citizen Noble's etymology is forged in barbarism, so humankind therefore had to learn the hard way to stop casting its swirl pearls before swine. Thank you. Mm. Wow. wow. So it's it's so much to unpack with this poem, man. It's so much to unpack with this poem. Like, take us through it. Like, what was like? What sparked this piece? What was the what was the emotion that you was feeling that sparked this piece? I was just over it. And I have to correct myself real quick. I didn't write it shortly after the 2020 election. I wrote this just after the January 6th insurrection. Mm. Mm. So, but you probably caught that as you were listening to Yes. It. But I was just, the fact that all of this unfolded, I was actually at the office when all this was happening. I pulled this up on my phone and I'm watching this. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? But you know what? I, I, why am I surprised? Mm. Why does anything surprise me at all anymore? I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I didn't know what else to do other than to write that piece while mm. it's still fresh. And that's just goes back to what you asked the question earlier. Why poetry? Because we're griots, we're storytellers. That's right. A lot of people, believe it or not, get their news from us. Mm -hmm. um, I stopped watching TV a long time ago, but I don't know if you remember. It's still on, but just with, with Trevor Noah, if you remember The Daily Show. Mm hmm. And there were like polls and surveys many years ago talking about a lot of younger folk. That's where they get their news. More than, than, you know, local news, more than cable news. Exactly. They were getting everything that's going on in the world from The Daily Show. Mm, that's crazy. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> because people know that people know that the, the the mainstream media they they have an agenda, you know, and you're not gonna get that real life sentiment that you that you want to get from mainstream because the mainstream they got an agenda like if it don't fit their agenda they're not going to report it and they, they just so happily always report the things that fit their agenda fit their because certain things you find in in the news you see that is there and then it just it disappears like one one example i was talking to another artist and we were talking about uh uh simone biles and the mm. and the olympic team and how she quit but they, they didn't talk about how she was molested. She was molested by the trainer that the Olympics gave her to train her, whatever the case be. So they don't talk about all this anguish she was going through at that time. It was in the news and then it was just, it was gone. But certain things they keep in the news and they, they make a point to keep showing it to you, keep showing it to you because they have an agenda there. Okay, I, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm mm. so glad you brought that up especially someone who has um, mental health concerns. The people who felt the need to speak about Simone Biles' situation, yes, you are correct. A lot of them didn't consider, you know, what she had gone through at the hands of this demon. Mm -hmm. They, people feel the need to, to, to throw their two cents in, which isn't even worth that much, to offer up this this nonsense commentary about how how she's a quitter, how one idiot even called her a sociopath. Mm. You have these right wing talk show hosts, radio show hosts. You have UFC fighters. You have all these other athletes, or whatever the case may be, or just the average Joe off the street who has nothing better to do because they weren't hugged enough. I don't know, but the fact that everybody always has something to say mm -hmm. about how we show up in this world, what we say, how we say it, when we say it where we say it, who we say it to, what language we say it in, what, when, the, when the third moon is in Jupiter, you know, what, what time of day or night, what continent, what time zone we say it in, how mm -hmm. we walk, how we talk, how we act, you know, what we say, what we don't say. Everybody has to get a word in as to how we walk this earth. It is none of your business. Mm. We, we are made in the image of God. And if you hate us, you hate God too. Mm -hmm. Real rap. So it's, it's none of your business. He told us who we are. That's who we are. Your opinions are relevant. That's right. That's right. That's You're so. Trying to get your 15 minutes of fame in off of somebody else's name. Yeah. And there's a comedian that has since deleted his Instagram account who is trash anyway. And I'm not going to do him the dignity of even mentioning his name because that'll give him some time. He made it a point to say, I'm going to make some Simone Bow jokes. And I'm going to make these jokes. And yes, he did mention the name of the of, of the, the demon who molested her, mm. and all that. And he says, "I mean, you, what?" And you are you a quote unquote brother? So they get it worse yep. because we 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 should know better. Yeah. Sometimes we could be just as bad to uh, to each other as they are to us. Yep. And that's that's the real tragedy. Yep. That's very that's very tragic, and it's crazy. It's crazy, like, but you said it. You 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 articulated it so beautifully, you know that it's none of your business. <laughs> it's none of your business. Straight up, it's none of your business. And I wrote I wrote a poem, and I said I said they they curse us for the black in us, and they mm. profit off our pain. Curse us for the black in us, and they profit off our pain, and that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? They 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 curse us for being black, but everything they want is black everything they desire is black inspired you know so yeah, with such an ugly thing exactly it's so it's so you know what i'm saying and, and it's crazy because it's, it's not even jealousy you know what it is it's envy and the difference between the jealousy and envy see jealousy you can be jealous of an individual and it can be a good thing it can be a praiseworthy mm -hmm. thing because it can be an inspiring thing a person got something and you're like wow man i want to work hard and get it just like that person get it so that's a that's a praiseworthy type of jealousy but envy envy is you want you want what i have you don't want something like i got you want exactly what i have and you want you want right. what i have and you want me to be rid of it that's an envious person so it's not enough cuz like jealousy can be a good thing but when you're envious you're sitting back there and you're saying i don't want them to have that and you see it throughout history in this country you've seen it through Tulsa Oklahoma in 1921 
with the town of Greenwood, how they built up Black Wall Street, and then what happened? You come and you envious. They, they, their economics was so crazy in, in, in Greenwood that the white people around in the town, they were so jealous. They were like, oh, why they, you know, how they, how are they thriving like this? They supposed to be down. So when you looking at a person doing what they need to do to get better and be better, and you're sitting on the sideline hating and just looking, it's like, I don't want them to have that. Then you an envious person. That's why envy is one of the seven deadly sins. You know what I mean? Not jealousy, but envy. Because envy, to be envious is to is to be the lowest of the low. You just you just want you just want everything for yourself, and you don't even want it for you. You just don't want me to have it, and that's the and that's the case right nowadays. Because when you really look at when you really look at America, and you look at how we're still going through this shit. It's like we're still going through it. The same thing that Gil Scott Heron was speaking about, the last poets were speaking about, we're still speaking about that today. The same injustices Malcolm was talking about in the 60s, we're talking about it today. And it's like, wow, why? Like, I, haven't but, we grown but, enough? But we had a black president. It's, it's post-racial <laughs> America. We had a black president. What more do you want? Exactly. This is this is the rhetoric they try to throw out there because we know we don't want no tokenism. We want we want true equality. And it's not like black people is in this country looking for revenge. It's not like black people in this country like, oh, we're going to we just waiting to just plot and scheme so we can come up. No. Only thing we've been asking for is just equality, man. Equality. Well, isn't that um, that's the thing. I think it was Kimberly Jones. Her video went viral, viral last year. And, you know, when she was talking about, you broke the contract. You know what I'm talking oh, about? I know exactly oh, what you're talking about. God. Yeah, that, I mean, that it sent, oh it sent God. chills through my, yeah, it sent chills, chills through my yes. body, man. I swear, you know, man, I seen that. Funny, what you just said, you know, she said at the end of her video, you better, something about, you better be grateful to God. All we want is equality and not revenge. Exactly. And not because revenge. If we did this, this country, this whole country would be in ashes right now. That's right. That's right. And we are forgiving people. We are loving people. You know, and it's crazy that we still got to go through this. And it's obvious. They try to make like it's, oh, this is a covert thing. No, it's not covert. It's just so obvious. It's so obvious from the redlining, from the end, the, the, uh, the welfare system, how they distributed welfare in this country. If you go back in history and look at the welfare, the implementation of welfare, it was certain programs that was afforded to white recipients of, of, of welfare that was not afforded with black uh, uh, recipients of welfare. So it's always been this discrimination, this blatant discrimination from the redlining, from the projects, from all these different types of systems they tried to implement in our community, even the pumping the drugs in our community, the cheap dope. In the times of the Panthers to try to offset what the Panthers was trying to accomplish. You see, you see over and over again, why are you going so hard to try to destroy us? Don't you see the the, the brilliance in us? Don't you see the resilience in us? Don't you see that? Yes, is they, they do see it. That's exactly why. And that's you what it is. Your own <laughs> <laughs> they see it, but you, you can't erase it. That's the thing. They're going to try to erase it. You cannot erase this, man. We are a, we are a, a strong people, and I just want our people to wake up and understand that when we look at each other. Like you said earlier, you know, sometimes you'll get it from your own people worse than you get it from the oppressor. You get it, you get it worse. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. So it's time for us to to really come together. I can really appreciate that piece. What's the name of that piece? Citizen Noble. Citizen Noble. That is a profound piece. That's a piece that should be studied, that we should break down and just look at it and, and look at all the all the evidence that you're given throughout the piece. You know what I mean? And, and you look and it's so crazy because what's funny is that you find black Americans so loyal, you know, so loyal, even though the things that we've been through still stand up, you know, and represent this country. And then we, and then at the, at the same, at the same breath, you're going to sit there and just slap us in the face and like, it don't matter. 
You know, it's, it's just crazy, man. When I think about it, I'll be like, wow, man, it's like we've been through so much. It's time for us to like really understand our power as a unit that we cannot like we can get so much done if we if we're able to just ball up our fists to defend ourselves. But we got to be on one accord. And it's just so crazy that they do everything in their power to try to perpetuate this this crazy ideal that we got to be at each other's throat. That when I see you, I got to see, you know, I got to see my enemy. It's always like I said, I said it in a what you call it in another um, podcast that when we look at each other, we look at each other as the op. I don't know if you know if you know this terminology. This is a terminology that's used amongst the youth today. Oh, he's an op. He's an op. He's an op, meaning he's opposition. But everybody, everybody, everybody that I noticed they using this term against look just like them because I, I, my brother, I got a younger brother and he uses, he uses it a lot. Like, yo, that's the op, man. That's the op. And I was, I was trying to like, what, what do that mean, bro? Like what, what is the op? Like, why is everybody an op? That's the opposition. But everybody that's, that don't look like you is considered the plug. Why is that? Why that? Why, why is that? Everybody that look like you is opposition, but everybody who don't look like you is considered the plug. You know what I mean? Like, come on. So we got to really redefine how we look at each other and we treat each other. And I can really appreciate that poem, Queen. Definitely a phenomenal poem, man, that it brings so much light and so much understanding to the the situation that we're in today. But like, I I don't want to be selfish, but... I need to hear another piece, man. I I, I really do. Yeah. I really need to hear another piece, man. So you got another one prepared? I do. I do. Um, so this piece I wrote actually in 2018, but this will be the first time I ever say it out loud. Okay. So I don't know what kind of effect this is going to have on me. Like I said, I, I write about it. You said when you read my bio, I write about a myriad of things. This is based on my third and last deployment to Afghanistan, the first two were to Iraq. And I was already in a very toxic working environment. Mm. And many moons ago, I was diagnosed with depression. Unfortunately, the diagnosis at, at, at age 19, unfortunately, the diagnosis came through following uh, a suicide attempt. Mm. But um, yeah, and I wrote this, I wrote this poem many years later, many years after the fact, and so anyone, I apologize in advance if anyone listening is triggered. Uh, there are suicidal ideations in here. But like I said, this is my very first time ever reading this out loud. So rock with me for me. All right. Let me let me set the stage for you. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to Miss Rose Gold, the poet. Fair daylight. If there is sunlight pouring through the window, that means I made it to another day. The thing is, I didn't want to. So now we have a problem. This is not another day to rejoice and be glad in it. This is just 24 more hours of prolonged anguish. I don't know why he insists on keeping me here on this earth. There is no way he could love me by doing so. This is punishment atop of pain. I don't understand how you could watch your children suffer and just stand by and do nothing. Or how you could proclaim that you'd never leave me nor forsake me, yet I've never felt more alone. I shouldn't have to fend for myself. I'm fighting demons constantly, piercing my spirit with their fiery darts while fighting the self-destructive thoughts in my head. I want to do something to these people, but I know no one would ever understand the rationale behind my retaliation. They will poke their lips out and play victim, all the while they are the offenders. I have no desire to take myself out directly. So I explore other options. Every time I go outside the wire, I'm hoping that I accidentally step on an IED. That way, no one else will be wiped off the map right along with me. And that way, it wouldn't be ruled suicide. Yet every blessed morning I wake, 
My wishes are not met. You kept beaming that sunlight right down on my head. Why can't you just do as I'd asked? I'm already halfway dead. Wasting away since that part of my brain that regulates appetite has long since shut down. I haven't the strength to walk from point A to point B, but somehow I'm getting there. Lord, why am I still here? Quit playing with me. Yet again, cursed with another day. If this is how you gift your children, just stamp this one, return to sender. I don't have the energy to lift my head from the pillow. I write the words help in the air with my finger because I've misplaced my voice. I don't even know who's even supposed to see that signal. Yet you keep following me around with this light that's blinding me. Thank you. Thank you for being so, wow, being, being so vulnerable, so, so sincere, man, so sincere. That poem, it, that poem moved me, man. It's, it's, wow, just thinking about it on that aspect. And these are the questions we all have, whether we have these questions directly or they're just lying in the back of our subconscious. Why? I was just I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day and this and this came up and I was talking about I was talking about energy and how energy is real and prayer Prayer is another form of energy. A lot of people don't realize that the power of the spoken word, the power that you get or the, the ability that you have to manifest with your words is remarkable. So I'm just I'm, I'm thinking I'm looking at it from that from the perspective of like, wow, you know, why like why do we got to go through this? We like you say that, you know, you never leave us, you know, and nobody prays more than black people. I, like nobody prays more than us, man. Like we don't we pray the hardest. Like if you look at every religion, every religion that black people partake in, we are the soul of that religion. You know, nobody worship like us. If you go into a Baptist church and you go into a Catholic church, you know the difference. No one well, worships you know like difference. us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. I, you, to, I actually went to Catholic school from unlike my two older siblings who went to the public school system. My parents, <laughs> our parents said, we want to do something differently. <laughs> they sent me from second grade through high school. I went to Catholic school and I've been to Baptist churches. I've been to Pentecostal churches. I, I my current my home church is a non-denominational, but you see that the difference is a night and day. Mm -hmm. Night and day. You see it. Neil, Catholic church is more like, it's more like PT. You know, stand up, sit down, stand up, kneel, mm -hmm. sit, 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 stand, sit, stand, go up for communion unless you're not Catholic. They won't let you drink from the, that's okay because everybody drinking from the same cup. That's nasty. <laughs> so, go, go ahead on. But yeah, it's, the difference is night and day. It's night and day. And and our words are so powerful. We have that power to manifest. So I often ask myself that same question that you was addressing in the poem. And I often find myself getting emotionally invested. And I and and I really feel it because we are so sincere as a people. We are sincere. And a lot of times they take advantage of our sincerity. They take advantage of it. And they play it against us. They play it against us. So when I ask that question, like, why do we have to go through all of this? These are the questions I ask myself on a daily basis. When you have some type of God consciousness, like, what is the purpose of all of this? What's the purpose of all of it? Like, it's not like we're not praying. Like, are you not listening? Are you not hearing our cries? And you get frustrated. That. I've said it. Exactly. I've you it. you get frustrated because you're questions. you're really sincere. And it only affects the sincere. And you notice, like, if you I'm not no shade to white people in that like that, but if you notice the way they worship, 
on the Christian level, the way that they worship is not a lot of effort put into it. It's not a lot of emotion invested into it. With us, we put so much, we pour so much of our soul into our worship. And I'll be thinking, I'm like, why? Why do we got to go through this? When you look at our history, look at the history of what our people have been going through for the past 1,200 years. And it's like, what's going on? Like, I'm, I'm getting tired. It's like you're getting fed up. So I, I can really identify with that piece. I can really identify with that piece. And I think you 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 delivered that remarkably. Like that was a very profound piece. And I like the perspective that you took it. The way you wrote from the perspective that you wrote from, I really enjoyed that because it hit home. It hit home because you was you was just repeating the same words that I've repeated to myself numerous occasions. It's like you giving voice to my inner thoughts. And it's, it's, it's funny. I was sitting over here and I'm like, wow, I feel this. I feel the goosebumps coming up on my arm. And I'm like, wow, this is a profound piece. My sister, definitely, man, you hit the nail on the, you hit the nail on the head with that one right there. You definitely hit the nail on the head. I mean, wow, man. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you, you see the work I go through to find these artists, man. They don't just fall in my lap. You know, I got to do some research, man. I got to I gotta go do some some recon, you know. Got to go on the Instagram, listening to people, man. And definitely, my sister, you stood out to me. And your words definitely touch. So I need you to get into another piece because I know you got another one. So I don't want to work you too hard. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna let oh, no, you. This, this is this is this is. I love what I do. I love this. Therefore, it's not work. Oh, beautiful. That's right. That's right. So let me set the stage for you again. Coming back to the stage, let's give another warm, warm welcome to Miss Rose Gold, the poet. hydrate real quick. This is, this is a tongue twister. This is my alliteration piece. This poem was brought to you by the letter P. Pardon this interruption. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Newsflash, our planet is in peril. Perplexed, ponder living in a perpetual state of panic previewed as prey by persons who painstakingly pursued you as their favorite pastime. To them, it's a constant state of play, a simply puerile state of mind. Plainly put, their persistence pushes them to be persuaded by their perverted sense of pride. Thus, your pigmentation, a symbol of perfection, is a direct violation of articles W, H, I, T, and E. Pelted by the media's projectile vomiting, promoting the practice of character assassination, pride pleads for them to pull you apart and peer into your soul that attempted to escape from your fetid corpse that they left hemorrhaging in the streets. Punished disproportionately in the classroom, trauma in the pre-K. Palpitations riddle the hearts of chocolate cherubs portrayed as pint-sized felons in waiting, pursuant to the school to prison pipeline. So you see, all is going according to plan. Yesterday was the day to start practicing your Huey P. Black Panther pistol grip. Today is not the day to lose your religion, but to start practicing insurrection and revolt and purge patriarchy like the pussies you were plucked from at birth. The time has passed for the peacemaker. We no longer seek reconciliation from those who purloined our persons and property. Where is your passion? Did you use it all up for the pledge? Well, make a promise to your own self that you will not go quietly into the night paralyzed into inaction by fear. Instead, quicken your pace. Pass me the mobile so we can record the furious styles of a millennium revolution, pulsating at a fevered pitch. Then, pause. Forfeit. Thank you. And pause for effect. Ah, I love that piece. Mm. That's a dope alliteration piece right there. I like the way you put them peas together. Put them peas together nice. And, and, and 
it flowed nice. It flowed very nice. You know, a lot of sometimes the alliteration poems, they come off weird. They come off gimmicky. But this poem right here sound it it sound official. You know what I mean? Like when you hear it, you say, "Oh, this is not cheesy," but you get you you using the alliteration, but you use you're picking your words properly, <laughs> picking your words properly. Definitely, uh, I love that piece. What's the name of that piece? It's called what? This poem was brought to you by the letter P. This poem was brought to you by the letter P. Dope. It sounds kind of Sesame Street. <laughs> this show was brought to you by the letter P and the number four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Definitely, Queen. You are you are definitely you are definitely a dope, dope artist, man. You're a dope artist. Now, didn't you have you you got some work published, right? You have some you have a book published? Well, not not my own book. Just to, just to clarify, um, I've had works published in a few anthologies. Oh, this year. Uh, one I had a poem published in Love Letters to Gaia. Okay, it's edited by a number of um, poetry fam that I met through the New Eureka Poets Cafe virtual open mics. Mm. Um, also, I've had a, pu- a published a published poem. See, now I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> <laughs> came later, came after the fact. Uh, I had. One poem each um, published in the, this is a long name, bear with me, the Cuddy Family Foundation for Veterans um, Poetry Journal, Volumes 1 and 2. Volume 2 just came out, I think, last week, and they're both on Amazon. Um, it's it's an organization that's based out of New Orleans, and I think the, the person who runs it is, is a former Marine, and... You know, they, they focus on uh, at-risk veterans, you know, homeless veterans, things like that, ways of helping them. So, and actually, one of my brothers in poetry, his hand was the withdrawn. He's the one who brought that organization to my attention. Mm. Looking for veterans to submit pieces for their first ever journal. So I was like, good looking. Um, he was also the one who put me on to another podcast. So, you know, it's people, you know, just like you talk to, to Wawa. Mm-hmm. Like that. Just like I said earlier, people, you know, they didn't have to. Exactly. Exactly. I kept up moving and said, you know, something else, you know, just get someone else say, hey, here's an opportunity for you. Or they could have just said nothing. So, and there's also, I'll have a couple of pieces published in another poetry journal that's not going to be released until the end of the year um, called Rising Voices. Mm. So, but God willing, I've been working on this for a couple of years now, hopefully to, before this year is out, to have my own um, poetry chat book published oh definitely yeah something tangible something that especially people who don't live near me who can't come to live and in-person open mics or who can't make it to the virtuals you know they have something tangible that's from me that's from you know this is heart soul work that we do that's right they'll have a piece of that that's right have with them so when i can't be definitely and if you if you look in the publish definitely you can check out inner child press because inner child press got some dope deals over there for artists first time published artists and um like i got some work published with them and they do great work and they giving a 10 percent discount when you use spoken soul as your as your promo code so that's definitely if you're looking to get your chat book out or whatever the case be i know they'll do you right over there if you're looking for a publisher but yeah man that 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 anthology you're talking about um the love letters to gaia i interviewed i interviewed another artist uh miss ray jane Yes. And, and yes, yes, she, yes, 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 she, yes, yes, she, she, she was one of the editors. She told me she was one yes. of the editors of that anthology. And I was like, wow, because I, I knew I read that, that Love Letters to Gaia, like a couple of artists that I know was in that. And I was like, why well, I keep seeing Love Letters to Gaia when I see the bios come across me and I'm reading people on um, different people's bios, I keep seeing that Love Letters to Gaia. And I'm like, I know this and I traced it back. I said, Oh, Miss Ray Jane, she was one of the uh editors of that anthology. Mm-hmm. So I was like, All right, that's dope, man. Cause I want to order that book. Cause I looked on Amazon. I see that they still have it on Amazon. Yes. And I want to order that book because I wanna I wanna see the poetry in there. I want to read some of the works. And now that I know you in there, that's a good look. I'm definitely gonna um cop that and put that in my my collection of different artists that I have. 
But yeah, definitely, man. So that's that's great, man. So you know you got you got your book coming out. You know, you can always catch you on Instagram live. You always doing shows on Instagram. You come through and you you drop some knowledge for us, you know what I mean? In the beautiful way that you do. You know, you always come through and uh you got a lot of things going on. So tell the people what they can do if they want to get in contact with you. Like, how can they get in contact with you, whether they want to work with you, whether they want to purchase some of your um, work or find something that you're doing and just want to be involved? Let the people know where they can where they can find you at. Absolutely. So um, I'm more on Instagram than I am on Facebook. So my Instagram handle is the poet Rose Gold. Mm. Just no dashes, no hyphens, no underscore, none of that. No periods, none of that. The poet Rose Gold on Instagram and Rose Gold Poet on Facebook, and also the email rosegoldsnap01 at gmail.com. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I don't have a website yet. That's forthcoming. Mm. So. Definitely. I'm going to put all your, I'm going to put all your credentials and all your links in the description box when I post this, but definitely I want the people to be able to connect with you because I think you have something to offer. You're, you're bringing something to our community that's needed. You know, like your words are, are really causing people to reflect. And I and I like different types of poetry. I like the slam scene. I like the spoken word performance. But then I also like literary work. And I like I like to read people's work to see the effort that they make to let me see what they're trying to convey to me. And I notice that in your work. Every time I hear you perform, you leave me with a thought that just lingers. You know, some poets, you hear them and, and then, you know what I mean, that go to the next. But then some poets, they leave they leave pieces of themselves within your mind when you listen to them. And you are definitely one of those poets, Queen. And I appreciate you. Now, we got one more piece. We got one more piece that we're going to get into. You know what I'm saying? So I can't wait. Let me set the stage for you one final time for you to come back and awe us once again. Coming back to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to the poet Rose Gold. Okay, this last piece I'm going to sign off with. This is called Tell the Microphone. The doctor is in, it whispered. What is it you have to tell me? And you don't have to come at me with all of your satiny, sophisticated diction, picture-perfect poise, or glammed-up, glittering generalities. Give me your grit, your grime, those elements that gutted you like a Halloween pumpkin and left you hollow. I want all the mud that they slung that caked up your gaping wounds. Come flat-footed and unbalanced, unready, unsteady, unsure. Tell me of that sick, silly savage that slayed your sense of solace and tried to steal away with your sanity. I want it all. Tell me how those words, bitch, locked lips and French kissed you, relentlessly teasing and tormenting until you finally allowed them to roll off your tongue with an ear-splitting voice equal to a hundred thunderclaps as its target folded and fell in on itself like the Twin Towers. This is not the place to play dress up, beloved. Put all that glam back in the closet and save it for the after party. I am here for the naked and uncensored, unrighteousness in the raw, for the shackled yearning to breathe free. And with a check one, two, leave your yoke at the altar of redemption. I am the poet Rose Gold. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. This is the poet Rose Gold. Oh my God! One more bomb for that. One more bomb. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I want to thank you, my sister, for coming through and blessing the studio for us, giving everybody a chance to really connect with you and your words. I think, you know, I mean, I think you are a blessing to us. You know what I mean? You are you've been a blessing to me since I I stumbled upon you on Instagram live. You know, every time I see you perform, 
you always leave a presence of yourself with me and i really appreciate that my sister your words are very powerful and um we thank you we really thank you i want to i want to remind my audience that if you're looking to get on the show and you want to you want to get your spoken word on this platform email me at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com that's spoken soul soul spelled s-o-l at gmail.com and send me some of your links where i can find your press kit or your youtube link or anywhere i can find your work whereas i can look at what you're doing so i can just make you um offer you to come on the platform so in the meantime in between time i want to urge all of you to remember speak your soul love each other because i love you and i hope you love me too peace